Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah, as Paul said, my name's Andrew. I, uh, I lead discipleship here at Ivy. And we are in our last week of our Ivy Care Pastoral Care series. We're looking at all the ways that we're called to come alongside, to love one another, and to create a culture of care. But as the discipleship person at Ivy, I would be terrible for me to start a talk without actually asking you the discipleship question. All right, so here's the discipleship question. It'll show on the screen. What did God say to you this week, or what did you learn this week as you read the Bible, and what are you gonna do about it? So I want you to take just a minute to share with your neighbor the answer to this question. What did God say to you this week as you read the Bible, and what are you gonna do about it? This is the discipleship question. All right, I know it's hard to get people to stop talking, so maybe you can just commit to finishing up the answer to that question after. Grab a coffee with the person that you're talking to. We're gonna move on from here. But the thing is, I love that question. I love the discipleship question because honestly, the the language that we use, the way that we talk towards each other and the questions we ask each other set a culture. And a culture is an important thing. And so when we talk about creating a culture, we're talking about not only creating a culture of care, but a culture in everything that we do. And discipleship is a culture. The language that we use, the way that we talk to each other, that's a culture that we're setting. So think about, for just a second, all the things that actually make up a culture. You've got like a shared sense of right and wrong, there's values, ideas, you might have like shared interests and hobbies that a group of people do together, that makes a culture. Language is part of culture. The questions that we ask, the way that we talk to each other, shared heritage, childhood experience, all of these things make up a culture. So we talk about creating a culture of care and as we talked this morning about our last topic, which is to share the care, that God's called us to share the care, to create a culture, we need to be intentional about creating that culture. Because actually, the language that we use with each other is important. The Christian and biblical values and the way that we treat each other is important to the culture that we build together. And I absolutely love that we're not all the same. Actually, God created each of us uniquely. We all have our very own set of values and ideas that God's shaped inside of us and God's created us with all of these skills and these talents. And in fact, in Ephesians, in the Bible, it actually says Christ is put each part of the church in its right place, and each part helps other parts. This is what is needed to keep the whole body together, and in this way, the whole body grows strong in love. Actually, we grow strong in love, not because we're all the same, but because God's created each one of us uniquely. How incredible is that? I'd say it like this. We are better together. Now, if you're in the overflow room, or if you're in this room, can we all say that together? We are better together. Absolutely, we're better together. And because we are better together, because God created us to live in this community with each other, we have this commitment that we need to create a culture, that we need to share the care with each other. It's non-negotiable. This is not like you can choose to do this or not choose to do this. If you follow Jesus, you have a commitment to share the care, to say and to believe that phrase, we are better together. 
This was so influential to Jesus, it was so important to him that he actually said to his disciples, they will know that you follow me by how you love one another. He said that. And I feel like maybe we've almost lost in our society today, in our churches today, maybe we've lost that very important thing that Jesus says, they'll only know by how you show love for one another. Have we instead use convenient symbols to say that we follow Jesus. You know, because honestly, people are not gonna recognize that you follow Jesus by the Jesus fish on the back of your car. Sorry. And, and I know that that reference is like 20 years old, so just ignore that. They're not gonna recognize that you follow Jesus by the fact that you're sitting here on a Sunday and by the fact that you come every single Sunday. They're not even gonna recognize that you follow Jesus by the way that you boldly proclaim the gospel in your workplace, or in the pubs, or on the street corners, or anywhere else that you share the gospel with people. And it's because of this, they're gonna know you follow Jesus by the way that you show love for one another. You know, my, my grandfather is this guy who, uh, he would give me a lecture every time I would see him. I mean, I couldn't escape it as a child. And even today, he gives me lectures every time I see him. I can't get on the phone with him because I know I'm gonna get a lecture and it's gonna turn into like a two-hour conversation by the end of it. And you know, the thing is, my grandfather had this phrase that he used to always say. He'd say this, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Now, when I was young, I thought, Wow, what wisdom. I realized he's stolen that from a bunch of other people who've said it before. <laughs> and I didn't realize what a biblical phrase that actually is. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I didn't realize that until this week. Because actually, in Scripture, God's revealed a ton of stuff about himself to us. He shared us the nature of creation. He shared us how his relationship works out with us. He showed his story of him working in people's lives throughout the entire narrative of history. So if we read the Bible, we've got a ton of stuff. There's a lot of knowledge that we've got. And we can even go and share the gospel with someone, and that's a lot of knowledge about who Jesus was, that he died on the cross for our sins. But actually, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They'll know you are my disciples by the way that you show love for one another. It's the same phrase, really. And today, as we wrap up this Ivy Care series, I actually want to challenge us with this idea, this idea of sharing the care, of doing this together, of loving one another. Because this is not just a series for a couple of months that we decide to participate in, but this should be something that's transformation, something that changes us for the future. And so I want to look to what does it look like at the end of this series and after this series for us as we move on as a community. And I've got this great biblical example for this today, and it's a guy named Nehemiah. Um, so Nehemiah, he's this Old Testament prophet, and God actually raises him up during this time when the entire nation is in this just great distress on every single level. In fact, actually, the walls of the temple, the place that they worshipped, had been torn down, and so they were sitting in ruins. So not only is there this massive infrastructure problem that they've got of the temple actually being destroyed, but actually the nation was socially and economically in really bad situation. It was a mess. The nation was in this great distress. And I love that God raises up this man, this prophet, whose name literally means comforter. Nehemiah comes from the word Nahum, and it literally means comforter, and he calls this man to comfort a nation that's in distress. 
So actually, when he learns that the walls had been destroyed, that they needed to be rebuilt, he goes to the king, and he actually convinces him to undertake the largest restoration project in the history, and they take all the money, and they, they rebuild the temple, and they do that in just 52 days. But actually, in rebuilding the walls, Nehemiah recognizes, while they're rebuilding the temple, that there's all this other social problems, all these care problems that are happening in the nation. And so he doesn't stop there, but while undergoing this restoration project, he actually undertakes and sets about himself to restore the nation, to create a culture of care. He repositions the social order. So we're gonna read just one example of how he does that today, and I hope Nehemiah can be an example to all of us of how we share the care. And this example comes from Nehemiah chapter five. So if you have your Bibles, pull those out. I'm gonna be reading from the message today. Uh, but any version will do. We're reading in Nehemiah chapter five, and this is verse one to 13. It says this, chapter five. And a great protest was mounted by the people, including the wives, against their fellow Jews. Some said, we have big families and we need food just to survive. And others said, we're having to mortgage our fields and vineyards and homes just to get enough grain to keep from starving. And still others said, we're having to borrow money to pay the royal tax on our fields and vineyards. Look, we're the same flesh and blood as our brothers. Our children are just as good as theirs. Yet here we are having to sell our children off as slaves. Some of our daughters have already been sold and we can't do anything about it because our fields and vineyards are actually owned by someone else. This is Nehemiah talking here, he says this, I got really angry when I heard their protest and complaints. And after thinking it over, I called the nobles and officials on the carpet and I said, each one of you is gouging his brother. It doesn't sound like a culture of care to me, does it? And here Nehemiah is confronting them, saying each one of you is gouging his brother. And it says this, then I called a big meeting to deal with him and I told them we did everything that we could to buy back our Jewish brothers who had to sell themselves as slaves to foreigners. And now you're selling these same brothers back into debt slavery. Does that mean that we have to buy them back again? And they said nothing. What could they say? What you're doing is wrong. Is there no fear of God left in you? Don't you care what the nations around here, our enemies, think of you? There it is. Don't you care what the nations around here, our enemies, think of you? You will know that you are my people by how you show love for one another. And he continues, I and my brothers and the people working for me have also loaned them money. But this gouging them with interest has to stop. Give them back their foreclosed fields, their vineyards, their olive groves, and their homes right now. And forgive your claims on their money, their grain, their new wine, their olive oil. And they agreed. They said, we'll give it back. We won't make any more demands on them. We'll do everything you say. So then I called the priests together and I made them promise to keep their word. Then I emptied my pockets, turning them inside out. And I said, so may God empty the pockets and house of everyone who doesn't keep this promise. Turned inside out and emptied. And everyone gave a wholehearted, yes, we'll do it and they praised God, and the people did what they promised. What an incredible story. Nehemiah lands in the middle of Jerusalem in this time of this economic crisis, and it was affecting every single segment of society. 
And it was so bad that there were people that were literally selling their kids off into slavery so they could afford to finance these loans that they had to repay. Have you ever had to come alongside someone in a time of crisis, kind of like the nation of Israel was facing during this time? You know, if you've done that before, if you've come alongside someone, you know that it can feel for the other person like, or maybe you feel this way yourself this morning, like all hope's lost. You know, like there's absolutely nothing that you can do to get out of your situation. And I can imagine that's exactly what these people felt like. There's nothing that we can do to fix this problem. And they felt this way because instead of creating a culture of care, actually the community and even the religious leaders were fighting against each other to steal the money from the nation. They were depriving each other of food. They weren't caring for each other. And, and we read the book of Nehemiah, and I think oftentimes when we read these stories of these great men and women of faith, these heroes of the faith, we think we could never do that. I can't do that. I could not sort out a nation's debt crisis. But actually, what we see Nehemiah do is pretty simple here. I'm gonna to suggest to you these are two things, two ways that Nehemiah shares the care. And the first one is this. It's two simple things. It's not just for the Nehemiahs. It's for all of us. The first is this. Nehemiah sets an example. He sets an example of care. He sees the system of oppression, and what does he do? He uses his own money, his own resources, to start buying people out of slavery. He even says, am I going to have to do this again? He's willing to set an example of if he's going to challenge an entire nation to, to be carers for each other, to create a culture, to share the care, it starts with him. Right? He sets an example. How are you creating a culture of care in the midst of a careless world? In the midst of a world that's struggling, that's hurting, with people around that are struggling and hurting? Do you find, are you the first person to want to say, how can I help? Or are you usually hiding? Because I know that I do it myself as well. Do you do care quietly without expecting any recognition? Or is it all about pride? Because here's the thing, the example that you set will create a culture. And so if you're sharing the care, others will follow suit. They'll see your example and they will follow along in your footsteps. It has a domino effect. So when Nehemiah starts working to solve the problem, that's the first step to solving the larger problem is for him to be the example, for him to set the example of care. The second is this, Nehemiah holds people accountable. He makes the religious leaders publicly promise to keep their word, to restore the people that they had taken from and stolen from and cheated. He makes them accountable to each other. And in the same way, if we're gonna share the care, we need to keep each other accountable. We have to be bold to admit, I've fallen short in showing someone care in this way, in loving another person. I've fallen short to admit that to each other and to say, but that doesn't define me. That's just one bad mistake. I'm going to change. That's what accountability is. It's doing it together in community. It's a culture. Nehemiah is this great restorer of society, but he does it in, in such simple ways he does it with two bold steps. Set an example, hold each other accountable. 
You know, in the same way, when we share the care, we're not just creating a culture of care, but like Nehemiah, we're leaving behind a legacy. You know, this week I was thinking a lot about Remembrance Sunday, and I was thinking about those brave men and women who've gone before us and have left this great legacy. They fought to protect our freedom so that future generations can be safe, so that future generations don't have to worry about enemies or about people that would destroy freedom. But actually, these brave men and women left behind a legacy that was just earthly. You know, they were rebuilders of society, rebuilders of walls. And in the same way, Nehemiah was that as well. He did rebuild a temple. He did restore the infrastructure of the society. But that wasn't the only legacy that he left behind. Because Nehemiah, you see, he built for eternity. He was interested in setting a culture that wasn't just going to be an earthly culture, but was gonna put kingdom values, God's very kingdom at the center of what the nation was, at the center of their culture, their identity. And he did all this with the hope that the nation would experience God's love. So I just wanna ask you this morning, how are you sharing the care in such a way that's gonna leave behind a legacy? How are you using the gifts that God's given you to invest in the people, to look for ways to bring the kingdom, to bring God, to bring the message of Christ directly to people's lives? Because the thing is, this series is only the very beginning of what a culture of care will look like for us. This isn't the end, this is the start. And as we look forward, I wanna take some time today just to commit to continuing to look for ways to care for one another. So in the past as a church, I will be the first to admit that we haven't been really great about talking about ways to care for one another out in the open, in ways that are real and approachable to people. And I wanna be better about that. And so part of this series comes from a, a desire, a heart, to create a culture, to be better about talking about these things. And so at Ivy, what we're gonna be doing is moving forward from here, we're gonna be talking more about what it means to care for one another. We've got this thing that's gonna be called Ivy Care, not just named after the series, but generally a way of talking and accessing our pastoral care resources. And we're gonna call it Ivy Care, and it's gonna be bringing the best of what we're doing in terms of loving one another together and working together to see a culture of care. We wanna recognize that pastoral care is not just for pastors, it's for everyone to do. We are better together, right? It's not just for pastors, it's for all of us. Let's so say it one more time. We are better together. And Ivy cares the way that we wanna keep talking about that culture, to make it visible. You know, I've loved watching the videos of, of people from around Ivy who have talked about ways that they've received care. And I think that let's continue to share the care in that way. Let's, let's really talk about ways where we see someone and we wanna honor people publicly and we wanna celebrate the fact of people caring for one another. So let's find ways to do that. If you see someone who's caring for another person, recognize them, say, oh my goodness, I've seen that and I wanna say that that's incredible. Keep, keep it up, keep doing it. So let's commit to that. Let's commit to celebrating and recognizing the way that we should share the care with each other. And the second thing I want us to commit to is this, to sign up to participate and care alongside each other. So if you haven't yet, I want you to immediately look at your diary, maybe not right now, but after the service, 
And I want you to commit to blocking off those dates for the Ivy Care training in the new year. I want us to be intentional about, I would love to see 100 people at this training. We'd have to find another venue, but that's fine. We would do it. (laughs) So I want you to be intentional about signing up and joining this training because this is foundational to who we are as a community because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So you can sign up at ivychurch.org forward slash ivycaretraining. And I'd like you to commit to, to looking and doing that before you leave today. But I also want us to be intentional about recognizing how we have to care for others and how we can share the care. There's so many ways that we can care for each other at Ivy. There's grow groups, there's marriage preparation, there's parenting courses, there's marriage courses, there's recovery group, there's Ivy Kids, which has pastoral care in it. There's Ivy Youth, which has pastoral care in it. The list goes on and on and on. And so we want to be better about creating ways of accessing those types of care and also not just accessing them, but volunteering to help, serving alongside and showing care to others, sharing the care. And I just want us to respond today thinking about that idea of legacy. If I could just get the band to come up. Can I just get everyone to stand? I like movement. And I want us to think about this idea of legacy, the legacy that we're leaving behind and how we share the care. And I've got this prayer, which I think is an incredible prayer that I'm just gonna put up on the screen and I I want us to say it together. And this is a prayer of intentionality that, that we Thank God for the gifts that he's given us, but we want to use them to show care to each other. So if we could just get that up on the screen. And let's just say this together. God, thank you for making me wonderfully and uniquely. Thank you for giving me talents and skills. We are better together. So help us accelerate our culture of care. Enable us to challenge carelessness in the world and bring a change of culture where you've called us to be your witness. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.